from the Light Treason News, everyone. Pop culture, politics, and a sprinkle of treason. I'm joined today by, oh, what a treat, Eric. Oh, it's me. Hello. Hello. How's it going? Oh, I could not be better. Oh, really? I mean, I guess I theoretically could. I feel like you're being facetious because mm, not to say that you are a pessimist or in any way a sort <laughs> of uh, misanthrope, <laughs> but generally you, I would say, on a good day are fine. Uh huh. Yeah, that's right. That's uh, so. That why are right, you? Yeah. Well, why here's are what you don't know. Sunshine and puppy kisses and well, rainbows. Right here's now. Here's what you don't know. Okay. <laughs> on Tuesday, I'm going on vacation. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> there it is. I'm going on a week long vacation. Wow. And now, what is a vacation? Va- yeah, it's what va- is a vacation? Uh, uh, it is a uh, uh, where you, at least in my case, uh, forego wages. Oh, <laughs> and, um, why wouldn't one ever do that? <laughs> uh, uh, to go somewhere else that's not here, that's not oh, the city. Oh, I yeah. understand the appeal of that. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, the city yeah. is fucking trash. I will say though, we're recording this very early in the morning, and. Uh, in my opinion, the best part of the city is getting up early when there's yes. no people around. That is the only good time. Yeah, of the it's city. the only good time in the city is uh, because midday is very bad, uh, night is very bad. Yeah, but early, early morning? in the morning, and it's oh. because none of the people are around. Exactly, <laughs> it's still a little cool. You know, yep. it's a little. It's not like it's not a uh, the the city hasn't transformed into a giant uh, like. Uh, like a Dutch oven. It's just like, like being trapped in a hot oven with a bunch of people who <laughs> all hate you, <laughs> mm-hmm. and you um, hate all of them. I was talking to a friend of mine. We were talking like uh, back home in Alabama, and we were talking about like the heat, mm-hmm. and we were comparing temperatures, and we were like, "Yeah, it's pretty much the same." And I was like, "You think I'd be used to it?" But I was like, "Oh, right, but uh, here there's no heat dispersion." Right. It's just a giant and very like, uh, not shade. And if there is shade, you're trapped in a hot tunnel. Uh huh. It's like you know how you know how they make like um, like Dutch ovens or like you know uh, like cast iron you know things you can cook in you know uh, they they make these cool like boutique cooking items that are all like stone and stuff like that because mm-hmm. uh, it it like uh, conducts heat very well and it cooks things thoroughly. Uh, that's what the whole city's made out of. For sure, for <laughs> that's, sure. That's everywhere you walk. You're just in one of those. I was texting with uh, Katie Healy Worsberg, who has hosted the show in the past. Mm-hmm. I'm sure we'll host again in the future. And we were talking about comedy stuff and then how garbage the city is and the <laughs> idea of like moving to L.A. And as I was texting her, I was sitting on the subway and a dude went to sit next to me and the tr- the whole train like lurched out mm-hmm. of the station and he ended up half draped in my lap. <laughs> like just like for a fraction of a second, didn't like bounce back up, was yeah. just sort of like draped on top of mm-hmm. me for a second. And as I was texting Katie, I was like, um, there's a man on top. <laughs> <laughs> I hate this city so much. Um, yeah, I... Except when I love it and it's the greatest city in the world. It, I mean, it does have its advantages. I think uh, a lot of people don't understand who don't live in New York. They're like, why do you guys live there if you complain about it so much? For me, I have to be here for career stuff. Yeah, yeah. But also, I also fucking love it. I, I mean, can't imagine myself living anywhere else other than LA. It is great to like, and people, I don't think, I mean, uh, I don't know, maybe people are just used to this in other places, but like for me, there is something very nice having lived in a rural area my entire life. There's mm-hmm. something nice about like, like last night, like talking to Faith and being like, you want to go get food? And just like walking out of my house, yeah. walking a couple blocks down and getting vegetarian Chinese food. Something's always open. Yeah. You're never <laughs> fully alone. Uh-huh. Which, ca- you know, that's a double-edged sword yes, where it's like that can be really 
comforting in a way. Like I, I am now very frightened when I'm in a rural area and uh-huh. there's nobody around. Yeah, that yeah. freaks me out. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, obviously, the opposite end <laughs> of that is you're never alone. I, I, yeah, I was telling someone. I think <laughs> literally the worst place on earth is uh, New York City when you've had a bad day. Oh yeah, and and how when you're a real New Yorker, you just cry in front of other uh-huh. people. Like I've cried on the subway so many times. It's just like I can't express like the amount of defeat you feel if you've had a really bad day, mm-hmm. and then either somebody shoulder checks you, get out like, of the train. Or just like you, you've had like either a bad day at work, or like you were at work and like something bad in your personal life happened, mm-hmm. and then like all of that's going on, and then you just have to like walk to the subway. And then it's like you have to wait like 20 minutes for a train. Yep. Then it's full. So you have to stand yep. for your entire hour commute back home. People stepping on your feet. <laughs> it's, it's hot. There's pe- You're just being touched all the time. Yeah, it's the like, city's constantly like, you look sad. <laughs> I'm going to destroy uh-huh. you. Whereas like in other places, it's like you've you've had a really bad day at work. You just get in your car. Yeah. And you're alone yeah. <laughs> with your thoughts yeah. or your music. I think that's why a lot of people prefer LA to New York because yeah. it's like a major metropolitan city, a liberal city, uh, an artistic city, and also you have the privacy of being in a car, which is terrible for the environment, yes. obviously. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, and then you can like go home to, if, if you're doing well, a house. Yeah, I heard an interesting point one time. I feel like every time I come on the show, we just talk about the city. I know. Um, well, it's usually because something horrible has happened uh-huh. with the trains to you on your way here. Yes. Uh, but uh, I heard this interesting point one time um, on an old podcast that's no longer going anymore. Uh, <laughs> Another one fights the dust. <laughs> but I'm still standing, <laughs> the baby. Lo- Allison's playing the long game. Yeah, that's my the, the only uh, the only thing I measure myself by is how many people fail around me, <laughs> not how I'm doing right, personally. Right, no, no. So it's a marathon. I'm like, if they all fail, eventually uh-huh. I will succeed. <laughs> That's how it works, right? It's a zero-sum yeah, exactly. game. Um, <laughs> it's like Highlander. There can be only one. Yeah, it was this old <laughs> podcast called Don't Get Me Started with uh, oh, yeah. Will Hines and Anthony King. Yeah, yeah, But they made this interesting... Great podcast. Very sad. It's not around <laughs> anymore. <laughs> but they they made this uh, point one time because the, the, they are both comedians that lived in uh, New York and now live in L.A., um, which is all, all comedians. Um and they but they were saying like an interesting thing is in LA you're less like like if you're really depressed not mm. if you just had a bad day but if you're like just depressed yes there you're less likely to leave your house because it like you have to kind of know where you're going you have to get yes. in your car and drive somewhere deliberately where in New York if you're depressed you can just, just kind of out. walk outside and walk a couple blocks and and something insane will be happening something insane will be happening there's something will be open that you can just go sometimes for me like honestly if i'm really depressed it's just nice to be in a new place yeah uh but window shopping is really fun yeah, window shopping um you actually that's uh uh my only we'll, we'll, we'll get to it in a minute but like I don't really have pop culture recs this week because yeah. I've been working doubles basically. Oh, that's okay. I, I have re- so many. But I was uh, I, w- I was remembering something that you uh, tweeted uh, about our mutual love for Muji. Oh, Muji. Okay. Oh if you God. are ever in New York City, there is a store called Muji. Oh, my You're God. You're like, what the fuck is Muji? So I would describe Muji as like, an, like a sort of Asian convenience store. It's like an Asian like department home goods store. Yeah, like a de- like sort of like... Um, like an IKEA department store. Yeah, they have like they have a little bit of everything. They got a little yes. like they got a little cookware. Everything. They literally have everything they you have would clothes, ever need. They have but like my favorite part of Muji is there is an island Muji that is just miniatures of stuff you would <laughs> need. 
not even like travel size stuff because it's not not all of it is even that practical. Mm-hmm. It's just literally anything you could ever need, but a very small version of it. <laughs> and every single object is in its own little um, drawer. Yeah, a tiny drawer <laughs> that you can like take it out of. And it's the most. I don't know why. I have the same response to it as I do when I watch those YouTube videos of people preparing tiny food. Yeah, yeah, Which yeah. actually has a name for it. Yeah, I forget. I, I forget the name of it, but yeah, um, I'm going to get a million <laughs> tweets about this tomorrow with the don't, correct name. Don't tweet don't us. Don't do it. Don't we do don't it. don't care. Um, <laughs> so, but I find it really, really comforting to just see, like, these neat little compartments of perfect tiny little uh-huh. objects. Yeah. That's my version of meditation. Muji is like, yeah, I was going to say, Muji's like, ima- like, you know meditation? Imagine it was a store. Exactly. I was just going to say I, I go to Muji instead of meditating. Muji's the only place. There's something so weird about that store. I Like, weird in a good way. Like, Muji's the only place I've ever been in. It's the only store in New York I can think of that is quiet. So quiet. And it's, like, it's popping. There's a lot of people. There's a ton of people there, but everybody's, like... It just transforms everyone into like a very <laughs> peaceful like. <laughs> it transforms people so much <laughs> that when I was there, there was a large group of Italian tourists, <laughs> aka the loudest people on the face <laughs> of the earth. Here's the thing: American tourists get bad raps, but as an international traveler, uh-huh. I can tell you the two loudest groups of people in the world <laughs> are Italian tourists and Australian tourists. <laughs> yes, I and the gonna, third I was say Australian. And the third is American tourists. So we're in the top three, but uh-huh. the f- it is wild to me that Americans have gotten this bad rap as being like loud, disruptive, <laughs> rude. Because I'm like, listen, we don't like stereotypes on this show. Here's a stereotype that is 1,000% true. Italian tourists are the worst people on the face of the earth. And I'll stand by that. Uh-huh. There was a large group of them in Muji, and they were silent. And I was like, this place is magic. It is magic. Yeah. All right. Muji also, great pins. Great pens. Yeah, that great, great I pens. tweeted about it. I have it. two in my pocket as we speak. I tweeted that I was in Muji and how I found it so meditative. And Eric responded so fast. Yeah. And he was like, the pens! And yeah. I was like, all right, Eric. I, I stand for Muji pens. They, they're great. They're cheap. And mm-hmm. they, the quality, impeccable. All right, we have to get to Pop Culture Rex. <laughs> if you're new to Light Trees and News, here's how the show is laid out. We talk about pop culture and our recommendations for what you should be reading, listening to, watching in the first third of the show. Then we follow that with the bad news, but don't worry, we end things with the good news. Mm-hmm. We are 100% listener-supported on the show. If you go to lighttreason.news, you can smash that donate button to keep us going, or... Hello, I'm Allison Kilkenny, your host. I have a Patreon, patreon.com slash Kilkenny. If you sign up at the $5 a month level, we'll answer your questions. And I'm going to answer some right now. Ooh, I love questions. Okay, so first of all, Kim, and I have to call out Kim. Kim is my oldest friend, and she's a supporter of the show, okay. which is just wild to me. <laughs> uh, but we were, we are obviously still friends. Uh, I am the... This, I feel like I've heard of her. Was she, are you friends in college? Uh, no, way before that. Oh, okay. Uh, wow. We we became friends in junior high. Oh, yes. Uh, okay. As I said, oldest friend. Did you think my oldest friend was from college? I don't think that's weird. It's a l- I don't think a lot of people hang out with people they went to high school I with. feel like most people have a friend older than that. Mm. Do you not? I guess it depends on how we're defining it. I have friends from high school and from middle school i wouldn't say i'm close with them i wouldn't say i talk to them regularly well so 
more yeah, than Kim, like Facebook. Kim's interaction. sort of a friend. Like we, she's a friend. Like we won't talk for a long time, and I then see. we'll okay. talk. And it's like okay, yeah. I'm I'm on your level now. Yeah, okay, yeah. I got you. Because uh, we're both fucking busy. I'm <laughs> the. She calls me the awesome mother. I'm the godmother of her uh, kid. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Uh, so can I almost said her daughter's name, but I'm like, let me not do that on the show. <laughs> Let's not dox a child. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, just in case anybody was like, what was that weird pause? <laughs> that was me saying, don't say a child's name <laughs> on the podcast. So her recommendation is this podcast will kill you. It's a podcast about infectious disease. I love Kim. <laughs> oh but my God, this sounds great. I thought it was going to be, I, I was so upset for a second. I thought it was going to be another like murder podcast. Sure. And I was like, I don't care. But now infectious diseases, you got me on board. Yeah. So she said, uh, it's a podcast about infectious disease, but not the snooze fest kind. The two hosts, both named Aaron, are ep- uh, epidemiologists and disease ecologists with a passion for science communication. Think Bill Nye, who they actually interviewed in one of their episodes. Nice. Every episode covers a different disease, and it's a path through history, but it works and spreads. Oh, how it works and spreads. How strong it is, how contagious, how deadly, treatments, even the old-timey ridiculous ones, and more. Great. It sounds really interesting. I've actually I've heard other people recommend it. I'm a little bit of a hypochondriac, uh-huh. so I think it would freak me out a little bit. Uh, they so for you, this is like WebMD, the podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and just so everybody knows, I, I'm not one of those people who says, like, I'm so OCD. I'm uh-huh. s- uh, such a hypochondriac. I've, I've actually been diagnosed with these things, so um, I'm not appropriating <laughs> uh, mental illness. They include actual written accounts from sufferers and or the physicians that treated them. Sometimes they have interviews with people who suffered and recovered from the disease previously. Oh, that's cool. They have a two. Uh, they have a two-parter on vaccines. That's absolutely fascinating. <laughs> and the website, if anybody's interested, uh, this podcast will kill you. dot com. Oh, that sounds great. I'm gonna check that out. Yeah, I might t- actually too. Thanks, Kim. A small aside about Bill Nye. My favorite new thing that uh, conservative talk show hosts love to do is that every time. Bill Nye talks about uh, like climate change or something because that's his new beat. Mm-hmm. That's his, his that's his big thing now. Is like you know uh, science communication about the environment is uh, <laughs> their new attack. They all say it without fail. It it it, it is shocking how it, it's like Frank Luntz sent them, sent them a memo about this or something. But their new thing is that like every time he comes out with something about climate change, their first thing they say is uh. Bill Nye isn't even a scientist. He has a degree in engineering. <laughs> it's like, you're a radio host. He's one of those dumbass engineers. <laughs> like, you literally talk for a living and have forever. Right, you have right. no qualifications. First of all, engineers are very smart <laughs> smart people. Second of all, you went to college if you went to college for communications. <laughs> That's not me throwing shade. I also went to school <laughs> for communications. Uh-huh. So Andrew writes in... This is a, a more serious question. Ooh. So put your serious podcaster hat on. My serious cap, always on. It's beautiful, by the way. <laughs> Thank a you. A lot of feathers. Mm-hmm. Andrew says, as someone with a lot of privilege, I feel like I should be doing more to address microaggressions I see around me. Uh, for example, coworkers doing harmless, quote-unquote, racist accents, jokes about hen-pecking wives, etc. However, I'm usually frozen in the moment, partly due to shyness and partly due to a fear that I will do a poor job and make things worse, especially if people who may be affected are around or involved. In general, do you have any advice on how to overcome my shyness and speak up in these situations? Mm. Specifically, I have been wondering if improv lessons would help stop my brain from shutting down so much. Based on your experience (laughs) with improv, do you think that would help? No. No. (laughs) Uh, No. Yes. Well, here's my... (laughs) 
You'll probably get trapped in a scene with a racist scene partner who's doing an offensive uh, accent. Especially if it's one on one and your teacher will have to be like, Okay, um Yes. Uh no, I, I the serious answer to there's a lot of there's a lot going on here. To address the second point about improv, I actually uh, so my actual answer is yes, after a while. Yes, but you have to do it for Yeah, you've gotta do the training and it's gotta be it's one of those things where it's not a skill you just pick up after taking one class. I do actually recommend improv lessons if you can find them for stuff like being more confident, like being speaking shy. in front of people, being shy. Having trouble with eye contact, yeah. Yes, but it's not gonna be something that happens like right away. Because mm-hmm. I mean, for me, even like when I started doing improv, I I think it made me worse about that stuff. Because then you're in your head. Yeah, you're just worried about being good at it, yeah. and you're like, so you will build those skills, but don't expect it to happen right away. And for then sure. you know, and and you're learning, even if you're not interested in like performing improv as like an art or whatever, you will probably like face a little bit of like because you're learning a new thing that you've mm-hmm. never done before. So there's gonna be like there's kind of a steep, not a learning curve, but you've got to like. Part of it, it's not like improv just teaches you to be less shy. You have to be less shy to be good at improv. So you have For to like sure. you're gonna have to <laughs> climb that hill first. But then when you get done with it, yeah, absolutely. I, sure. I feel like it makes me better at talking to strangers. You know, being more confident in public, stuff yeah. like that. Uh, to address the first part of your question, I think it would be a mistake to ever call out that shit in front of the person. That's what I was going to say, yeah. Because that's really awkward for them. I think it, it's also sort of a shitty thing to do to approach the the victim and put the onus on them, like, hey, do you want to talk about what just happened? Yeah. Or or do you, wanna, do you want me to go talk to Tim about his... Because it's still, like, making them make the decision. Yeah, I wouldn't do it while they're around. I think a good idea would be to approach the person who said the racist thing privately mm-hmm. to be, like... Or to go to your HR department, yeah. if you have an HR department. Uh, or if you feel comfortable talking to the person who said the comment and said, hey, I just want you to know that made me feel really uncomfortable and I would appreciate if you don't talk like that in the workplace. Yeah, I think like if it's a work, if it's like an institutional situation, if it's in a classroom, if it's in a work situation, if it's anything like that, I think, yeah, going through, you know, going through proper channels is a good one. Um, Because also then sometimes you can report anonymously. Yeah. if, If you're really worried about it, but it is sort of an egregious offense. But also I would say like, I, yeah, I, I wouldn't do it in the moment because then you're uh, subjecting the, like, victim of it to, like, an awkward situation. Yeah. Of, like, getting into an, a fight that they didn't want to be in. And they didn't ask you to say anything on yeah. their behalf. I also think, like, racist people assume... I'm assuming, Andrew, you're a white cis man because yeah. you said you have a lot of privilege. Uh-huh. Um, maybe that's an incorrect assumption, but that's just what I'm basing this advice on. Uh, that white cis dudes use other white cis dudes as like armor uh-huh yeah so if you yeah, privately yeah. confront not confronted but spoke with them and said hey that made me very uncomfortable and i don't like it so please don't say that stuff around me yeah i'm, I'm i think they would sort of um it's it's good to always make racists feel like they're not safe to be racist <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah and like i think that would help a lot if they were like oh no the the white sister uh-huh. didn't think that was okay. Yeah, it's always like I think it's better always to yeah to to handle that stuff within your own community, For so sure. to speak. And I I'm a big proponent of just like just walking up to someone and just you know 
It's easier if it, I mean, weirdly, I think it's easier if it is a work situation where even if you're not friends, you have some sort of connection mm-hmm. as opposed to a stranger because that stuff yes. can get violent and stuff like that. Whereas if it's even a, a loose coworker, at least you have that a little bit of a bond of like, you kind of know each other through work or whatever. Or if it's, a fr- especially if it's a friend or something yeah. of yours, a big proponent of it is like, hey, that's not cool. I recently, I was working a job and there was a older uh, cis white lady and our head of HR is a gay man and it was during Pride Month. Mm-hmm. And he, uh, um, he ordered this like, beautiful pride installation for the office and they were uh handing out like corporate pride pins because mm-hmm. corporate pride yep and i'm uh, very proud of my corporation <laughs> and like the money you spent on the pins went to like the trevor project or yeah, something yeah. something like uh very lgbt friendly mm-hmm. and so this woman paid for a pin which was good because mm-hmm. she was uh, you know, donating to charity. Yep. But then she's putting on, she was like, you don't think people think I'm gay if I wear this, do you? Because <laughs> she's an old white lady. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I had to be like, um, well, there's nothing wrong with being gay. Uh-huh. And then she was like, right, 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 right. And I was like, and I don't think anyone will assume you're gay if you wear it. Uh-huh. Um, but I like sort of approached it gen- gently because I was like, you're very old, you know? Yeah, yeah, but yeah, as yeah. soon as I was like, um, I'm not going to laugh because that was kind of a gay joke. Right. She backed off immediately where she was like, oh, no, no, I know, I know. You yeah, know, it doesn't always have to be a confrontation. No. It can always be just like sometimes just pointing stuff like that out. Like, right. yeah, I mean, there's nothing wrong with being gay. It's like, yeah, yeah. everybody's like, oh, yeah. And it's, it's probably something that, yeah, like she knows, right, but right, she right. just thought she was going to make a little joke. And yeah, I was like, yeah. nope, nope, we're not going to do that. Right, no, yeah, no, yeah, no. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, I wouldn't also, wouldn't try. I mean, there's no guarantee of what will happen, but also, yeah, don't assume that it's always going to be like a fight or a confrontation. Usually they don't want to die on that hill and they'll yeah. be like, oh, yeah, totally, totally. Even if like maybe it's a little bit of bullshit. Yeah. They're yeah, not yeah. going to want to be like, no, I want to say my racist joke, <laughs> you know? Yeah. You may. I mean, yeah, I, would, part, I also wouldn't part. approach it with the idea that you're going to like change, change their, their hearts and yeah. minds. The important part is just getting them to not say that shit in public anymore. <laughs> like, to not feel like y- they can use you as a shield. Yeah, yeah. It's like, no, I'm not going to laugh at that. I'm not going to say it's okay. Yeah. Uh, but great question, Andrew. So let's get to recommendations, baby. So did you see the Lighthouse trailer? I did. Something very quickly just very funny. Mm-hmm. I, I, can, uh, I just saw this was up on your computer, and I could not read exactly what you wrote, and I thought it just said the Lighthouse trailer. Uh. <laughs> I know I wrote the Lighthouse trailer A24 because yeah. I just want to shout out A24 in general. Yeah, they're making cool they're shit. They're making the most exciting films yeah. right now. And a lot of those most exciting films are horror films, uh-huh. like all the, the Ari Aster stuff. Right, right, right. Um, but yeah, so the Lighthouse, if you haven't seen the trailer, is Willem Dafoe and Robert, Robert Pattinson. And it looks wild. Robert Pattinson really made a, really made a, a turn. I'm really annoyed that people still call him the Twilight guy. Like, he's not an amazing actor. I never saw any of the Twilight films, never got into Twilight. But I saw him, I forget what I saw him act in. It was, like, some indie film. And Mm. I was like, oh, fuck, he's, like, very good. Yeah, I'm I'm glad he got out of that because I think that kind of stuff. I mean, even people that are good actors, it's so hard to escape that. I mean, even, like, I mean, Daniel Radcliffe is a good actor, but, like, I think he got out of it. He's done a lot of cool indie films and theater stuff. Yeah, I mean, he yeah. Th- I mean, he personally got out of it. I don't know about his public perception. I think 
hopefully people he, accept him as a good sort of actor. He's aged into like a good looking dude. Yeah. So and like and he's very charming, very funny. I think he'll be okay. Yeah. Like Joseph Gordon Levitt got out of it. Yeah. I mean, some of them do. It's just like it's so hard to if your first film or the fir- the first big thing you're in is like mm-hmm. especially like not even just like a fantasy movie or or, or like a, just a very pop- like a teen movie or like a kids movie. It's yeah. very hard to like break, break that, that perception so many of them fall into the trap of just kind of like living on that for the rest of their life uh-huh, uh-huh. but yep. yeah robert Pattinson's done a good job not of not just of like breaking the public perception of being the twilight guy but actually like really dedicating himself to the craft of acting like being yes. a good actor and yeah. just like making cool stuff yeah i always forget he was harry potter too <laughs> robert pattinson when was he Harry Potter? He was the kid who died in it. Oh, he was in Harry Potter. Yeah, I think yeah. you said he was Harry no, Potter. No, no, no. I was like, what? I'm spacing <laughs> on the character's name. Don't tweet me. <laughs> Don't tweet me. Okay, so uh, the the Lighthouse trailer's great. Go check it out. Uh, Orange is the New Black. This was the final season. Ooh. It's wonderful. Nice. Uh, they deal with a lot of ICE stuff in it. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, oh, I, I, yeah, I heard Immigrant. About that immigrant detention centers, uh, deportations, stuff mm-hmm. like that. It's all real heavy, I will say. Oh, it sounds like it. Uh, and, but it's so well done. And, oh, my God. It, it's really, really good. I know last season a lot of people stopped watching, including me. <laughs> it wasn't good. Uh, but do watch this season. It's very good. Nice. Also, there's a reality show on Netflix called Sugar Rush. I've heard it. I've se- I think I saw it. It is the rudest baking show. <laughs> okay, I'm just going to quickly tell you what Sugar Rush is about. So I watched all of it. It's great. But it is so rude the way they eliminate contestants. So they have three teams of two people do a first round where they have to like make cupcakes or cookies uh-huh. or some shit, right? Then they taste everybody's cookies and they go deliberate while they start the second round. <laughs> And while they're cooking or baking for the second round, they will then, like, hit a buzzer and eliminate somebody. <laughs> while they started the second round. Oh God, I'm like, why so don't... That's so wasteful. And they, it, I guess they have to do that because that's the whole premise of the show. They're rushing. Like, uh-huh. the sooner you finish the first round, you bank time for the second round. Uh, so then you have to immediately go into the yeah, second round. Yeah, okay. And then they start eliminating people. But it's so rude because some of them have, like, a really good idea. And they just start mixing. And they're like, hey... Iowa, get out of <laughs> here. And it's like, but they had a good idea for their cookies. Frankly, I'm here for it. Wow. I've had it with these feel-good baking <laughs> shows. I've, You know what? Art is a competition. <laughs> Everything's <and> a competition. <laughs> Life is a competition. I've had it. My favorite. Have you ever watched Cutthroat Kitchen? No. Oh, God. It's the best. Okay. It's the best. I'll it's check that the out. Premise of the, the premise of the show is insane. Because they, they, uh, they started off with... Uh, they they make a you start off with the prize money mm-hmm. you start off with the total like it's like twenty I forget the amount but it's some you know uh, some big amount of money mm-hmm. and you each contestant starts off with that amount of money and you have to bid money off of your final total to get ingredients for dishes mm-hmm. and you can also bid money for things to sabotage the other oh people oh my god oh it's the best capitalism the show (laughs) i'm putting that down as one of your recommendations so also in viewing season two of dairy girls is on netflix if you have not seen season one of dairy girls do watch it it's a show written by lisa mcgee it's one of the best comedies on television 
It's about a group of girls uh, who live in Ireland during the Troubles. Ooh. So it's it's... It's sort of like Orange is the New Black in the sense that it walks this really fine line where it's 90% a comedy, uh-huh. and then it, they'll hit you with something very real because, again, uh, The Troubles was a very violent time yeah, in Ireland. Yeah, yeah. Um, s- but it's really, really good. It's so good, so check it out. Also in Viewing Rex, there is an A&E series that is on Hulu currently called okay. The Menendez Brothers, Eric Tells All. Ooh. Okay, so... Along with OJ and Jean Benet, yeah. the Menendez brothers' trial in the 90s was like the big court case. I think that's, yeah, it's gotten like, it was so big. And it's so like gotten kind of lost to history a little bit. Well, also, all I remember from that time was SNL parodying it. Right. And all they would parody was how the brothers cried during yeah, trial right, 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 right. and how everybody assumed it was fake. Yeah. So that's like all I remembered from that case, that time. Holy shit. Eric? I want to watch it. I had no idea. Like, I had heard that they had accused their father of sexually abusing them. Uh-huh, yeah. W- what actually was the case was that their father was a sadistic pedophile. Right. It is wild. They now have family members who were, like, living with them at the time who have come forward to support the boys. Right. Uh, To say... He violently raped them. Yeah. Like for their entire lives. Mm-hmm. And they know this. Like right, it is right, right. it it's true that he did that. Yeah, I yeah, fully yeah. believe them. Right. Um, and that finally they truly believed they were gonna die because Eric was getting ready to go to college and his and he was so excited because he's like, I'm finally getting away from you. Yeah. And his dad was like, You're coming home every weekend. <laughs> and he was like, No, I'm not. Right. And he was like, Yes, you are. And I didn't know this wild shit was happening. Like, So they truly believed their parents were going to kill them for many, many reasons mm-hmm. that they lay out throughout the series. Right. And it, they were going to do something to them. Yeah, yeah. There yeah. was this wild moment where they took them out on a boat to quote-unquote fish, right? Uh-huh. And they assumed there would just be a captain of this vessel who would be in the captain's area right, and right, not right. like... They wouldn't just be them. on a. Lo- they wouldn't just be alone on a boat with their parents. Well, no, no, no. The parents were banking on the fact that there would just be the captain who would not be around. Oh, them. I see, I see, I see. So then they get on the boat and there's other people there. Right. And the mom's visibly agitated, and they never fish. <laughs> they just go on the other side of the boat and ignore the boys. So the boys are like, "Why the fuck are we out here?" Yeah. Whoa. So and that was right before they were like, "We got to get guns to defend ourselves," because they were like, "Our parents are going to kill us." Right. I highly recommend it. It is so disturbing. So obvious trigger warnings for like child sex abuse, horrible violence. Like he would, Eric was a really good swimmer. Mm -hmm. And when he was a little boy, his dad would hold him underwater to like strengthen his lungs. But like there were so many seeds planted his whole life. My dad's going to kill me. My dad's going to kill me. He would say like, if you ever tell anyone what I'm doing to you, I will bash your head in. Like he threatened his life so many times that ultimately... The reason that they couldn't use their that defense in court is it used to just be called battered woman syndrome. Right. Like yeah. a woman who's been so badly abused by her heterosexual husband that she finally snaps and right. kills him to defend her own life. Mm-hmm. So many people were like, that can't happen to boys. That right. can't happen to men. You can't yeah. use that defense. And now in 2019, they're trying to bring the case back because they're like, oh, that's wow. exactly what they did. They defended their lives from their fucking 
asshole father. Wow. And like the mom knew what was happening to them Jesus. and just started medicating with pills and booze. Right. And like, I think she was mentally ill too. Yeah, yeah. Um, because she, w- uh, probably bipolar, she would have these like violent mood swings. Wow. So like, she was not a source of safety for them at all. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, do, do watch it. It is like so moving and oh God, it's just heartbreaking yeah it's really interesting it's also really interesting that it's just sort of been like i said like kind of been left to history because i remember like four big cases like you were mentioning it's like oj john bonnet the menendez brothers and then the t- i cannot i can never remember her name but the teacher that slept with the student case oh uh not casey anthony um yeah i don't remember her name either but they're like still dating or something. It's like wild. Like they're like a couple now or yeah, something. It's it's wild. Like, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. But, really, like, really but that wild. was like a huge deal. Yeah. Like a like a massive national story. Yeah. And then Anything it sort of salacious like where it was like the Menendez brothers were very attractive young right, men. Right. OJ was this like superstar athlete and actor. Mm-hmm. Um, Jean Benet was this like beautiful little white girl. Like anytime the media knows that there's like a strong brand. Yeah. In the court case, they're like, oh, yeah. my God. Celebrity yeah. is. Oh, that's another wild thing. Uh, OJ knew Eric Menendez, and they were held in <laughs> cells by each other. Oh. Yes. Yeah, the 90s was wild. <laughs> I was right. thinking about the OJ trial the other day, just because I, uh, or a little while ago. But it's interesting to me, the, the, the culture around the OJ case, only beca- like, because I, I think, like, I was thinking about it in relation to, <laughs> weirdly enough, Robert Mueller, because mm-hmm. the conservative defense of Trump has been, well, he was found, not that he was found not guilty, but like, they're like, oh, well, he didn't collude with Russia because the Mueller report said he didn't, con- you know, collude with Russia. But what was interesting was OJ was back in the news last month. Mm-hmm. And at the same time at the, that they would lead their programs by saying like, oh, well, Mueller says he didn't include with Russia, so obviously Trump didn't include with Russia. They also say O.J. is obviously guilty. Right. And it's like, look, if you're going to say, like, whatever the court finds is the truth, then O.J. is not guilty. Like, mm. I, I think it's this weird thing where... Well, they, they don't mean for black people. Right, exactly. Yes, <laughs> he says. For just, every other case. You know, it's just, it's just this constant thing of, like, they're like, oh, yeah, well, he was found not guilty, so obviously he's not guilty. And then, But then they are so reticent to be like, mm. oh, well, O.J. was obviously guilty. Obviously. It's like, you know, it's like... You know, have some standards. No, they'll <laughs> never have standards. Uh, so then I also have Listening Rex. Ooh. Orville Peck. You ever heard? I've heard that Peck? name. I don't okay. really know if I know who it is. So the oversimplified description of Orville Peck is gay cowboy. Okay. So he's a gay artist who is a country singer. Okay. But it's it's like sort of Roy Orbison, Lana Del Rey country. Okay. Um, and he is the cowboy who wears uh, the cowboy hat with the fringe mask. Uh, if you've seen photos of seen that. that. But it's great. Cool. I think he's really good. Highly that. recommended. And also Ariana Grande has a new song called Boyfriend That Slaps. So that's my does recommendation. It? Yeah. Does it? It does. It's really, really good. <laughs> I love Ariana Grande. Uh, do you have any recommendations? Um... Other than Cutthroat Kitchen, uh, I've just been listening. I've been working doubles the pa- mm-hmm. like past two weeks, so I haven't had a chance to like watch anything. Uh, listen to a lot of podcasts on the commute. I'm I'm in a big, as I've mentioned on the show before, my uh, my second puberty of getting into war and history. <laughs> so I've just been listening. Yep. To, I've been listening to nothing but history and philosophy podcasts. So sure. I listen to this. I think I've I wrecked it on the show before. I listen to this philosophy podcast called I Learned Nothing. 
um, okay. which is a funny podcast where it's these two comedians in Austin, Texas, and one of them has a degree in philosophy. <laughs> so he just teaches his dumb friend about philosophy. <laughs> Which so it's the good place. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, so it's it's pretty funny. I like it. Um, uh, and oh, I, I yeah, I have a rec. Uh, um, there's this band uh, that I sort of know in Florida named Gouge Away. How do you spell um, it? G O U G E. Second word away. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe named after a Pixies song of the same name. Ooh. Um, but they're great. They're like a like a just like a punk band but they uh they're just great i've just been uh, i love new when record. you recommend obscure bands because then somebody always tweets at the band like uh-huh. they mentioned you on this podcast <laughs> and then the band starts following me nice <laughs> gouge is great i uh we played uh, one of my bands played a show with them in brooklyn a couple months ago nice. um they're yeah they're just they're insanely good do you want to plug your band oh i played so many bands um brag uh, Do you want to plug any of them? Sure. Uh, I play in uh, a punk band called Muscle Before Paradise. Mm-hmm. Um, I also play in a metal band called Vajra. Mm-hmm. Um, and I might be playing in a new band, still working it out. Soon. Wow. It depends on time. Yeah. Because I'm also going back to school this fall. Oh, Eric, why? <laughs> <laughs> well, here's, here was what happened with school. So okay. I w- <laughs> and then we have to get to news. Yes, we'll, we'll get to news. Um, uh, basically I realized that I basically have already paid for a degree, but I don't have the diploma. Cool. So I was like, well, I've already paid all the student loan money. I should just get the degree. That's a good point. Yeah. So That's I was like, I, 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 you know, I don't think you need a degree. I, I just, my, was like, well, I've already paid for it, yeah. so I should just get it. So, sure. um, finishing my degree online through my old university. Oh, Alabama. you can do it online? Yes. That's great. Uh, my, adv- cause I'm so close to finishing that my advisor agreed to help work with me and. Oh, Oh, figure out nice. how I can take some online classes to finish my degree. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. Um, and then maybe go to grad school. Oh, my God. Oh. Why? <laughs> what do you want to do ultimately? Uh, well, I don't know. That's the problem. I don't I don't really know what I want to do. So uh, this has been the big uh, reason I've been having a nervous breakdown for like three years. Because sure. like I don't. But I also like the idea of having a career and uh, what, uh, the, uh, money. Yes. Um, <laughs> and this Monet <laughs> that you speak of. Um, so I, uh, I, I'm going to finish my degree and then see where it takes me. If, if, I, uh, if a PhD program will agree to pay for me to go. Mm. I might do it. Okay, okay. I wouldn't take out any more loans, but if but a that's lot that's what t- I was assuming. No, okay. but a lot of times with specifically in like uh, sociology, uh, if you get if you can get accepted into a PhD program, they often only accept students that they can afford to pay for. Mm. So you get like a teaching job, and uh, you don't have to pay for the PhD program. So nice. if I can get one of those gigs, I might do it and try to go into the field. I'm doing some research right now, which is really fun. So hopefully, I'll have a few published academic papers by next year mm-hmm. which i'm excited about nice. uh, and then we'll see what happens hell yeah dude okay on that note on the note of eric going back to school here's your bad news All right, I was going to talk about this in the pop culture section, but I think you can just go in general bad news. Can we just... Mario Lopez, what is your fucking deal? Um, 
he was talking to Candace Owens, of course. Oh, God. And when they were doing this interview, uh, the two talked about the quote-unquote weird trend of children, quote-unquote, picking their own gender. Uh, and Lopez said, I'm, clo- I'm kind of blown away, too. Look, I'm never one to tell anyone how to parent their kids, obviously, and I think if you come from a place of love, you really can't go wrong. But at the same time, my God, if you're three years old and you're saying you're feeling a certain way or you think you're a boy or a girl or whatever the case may be, I just think it's dangerous as a parent to make this determination. Then, well, okay, then you're going to have a boy or a girl, whatever the case may be. It's sort of alarming. And my gosh, I just think about the repercussions later on. I have two thoughts about this story. Yeah. One is that it's dumb. It's very dumb. The second is, why are we asking A.C. Slater what he thinks about trans people? Well, like, Candace Owens is because is no one else will talk to her. <laughs> she was like, like I guess Sla- A.C. Slater from <laughs> Saved by the Bell. Like, what? Who? So obviously the conservatives love pretending like this is reality. Uh-huh. No three-year-old kid is getting a gender re- reassignment surgery. No, not. That's not how it works. You no. have to go through extensive mental evaluations yes. and and physical evaluations it takes so long to get gender reassignment surgery nobody who uh, by the end of it i mean i'm sure you can find like one case of somebody being like i shouldn't have gotten the gender reassignment surgery yeah. but overwhelmingly by the time you get to the end of that long grueling process you know what you you yeah. need to have done yeah yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, it, it's, it's it's dumb. Uh then but anyway, so he had to apologize. <laughs> he said the comments I made were ignorant and insensitive and now I have a deeper understanding of how hurtful they were. I have been and always will be an ardent ardent supporter of the LGBT community and I'm going to use this opportunity to better educate myself. Maybe educate yourself before you say things. Yeah, what what? Why is it so <laughs> unreasonable for people to be like I don't. I don't know anything about that, so I shouldn't I comment. No, what is it? Why? <laughs> I think it, it. I think it happens so much because, uh, you know, not to 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 bag on like entertainers because I uh, mostly that's the only people I hang out with. But it's like, I think people who entertain for a living are very scared to like be silent or like it's just anytime you ask them a question they just have to start talking mm-hmm. and just like just whatever comes out comes out. Yeah. Just I don't understand. It's just like. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not qualified to comment on this. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. If you want to talk about transgender issues, you should probably talk to a transgender person. Yeah, like what? Why? <laughs> like I don't know anything about this. I yeah. think that's a a, a real. Pro- I mean, it's not just entertainers. It just seems no. to be that those are the only people in the media, so it always comes out of them. But like, that's a thing that happens with just about everybody. Anybody, and I, everyone it all comes online back to capitalism. Yeah, so <laughs> it's like everybody online, everybody on Twitter. It's just like. I don't know. People are afraid to say they don't know something because then it threatens your identity because you look dumb and not an expert on the issue. Therefore, which threatens your capital. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's why, I mean, it all comes back to capitalism. I truly think it's like a sign. People think it's a sign of weakness to be like, I don't know. For sure. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So also in bad news. Oh, I wanted you to give like your impressions of the debates and I'm just going to put it. (laughs) <laughs> in the bad news section, because I didn't watch the debates. Okay. Um, I didn't have time. I, did slash I didn't want to. I watched them at work because I'm a deeply sick man. <laughs> no, I, I probably would have watched it, too. I just was in a meeting and I couldn't. But so it seemed like everybody was just shitting. Not everybody, obviously, because like Sanders and Warren. But Medicare for all was a very contentious issue. Well, everybody. So I'm putting it in the bad news section because I'm like, it should not be a contentious issue among Democrats. It's not that. Well, here's the the issue with Medicare for all is that everybody 
just except for like fucking like human thumb John Delaney, like every body on that stage says they support Medicare for all. But do they, Eric? No. Do they, they just keep calling their own health care plan Medicare for all? And it's not Medicare. It's for not all. Medicare for all. Like, here's my impression of the debates. Uh, there are only two viable candidates. It's Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders. And they should be on a ticket. They together. should be. They should run together. Absolutely. They should start now. Yep. Everyone else should drop out. Yep. Uh, anyone who votes for Joe Biden is a Republican. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he will get the nomination. Yeah. <laughs> uh huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just insane. Like. It's just so unbelievable. I, I, I don't know. Like, it's, you know, th- th- first off, c- I don't know who in, I don't know who John Delaney paid to get, like, th- the insane amount of questions and speaking time he got on the first debate. Who? Oh, the first debate. The first debate I watched. Uh, who were the moderators? Was it? It's all the CNN hosts. It, they just keep because it was a two and a half. Oh, hour I thought debate. you meant the MSNBC one. That was Maddo and uh, who else? Chuck Todd. Uh, there was another Democratic debate that was on MSNBC. That was a month ago. Yeah, when yes, you said the yes. first one. I thought you meant I that meant one. the first night of this. Gotcha. Because de- this gotcha. is a two-night debate. Because there are twenty-five candidates. Fuck. Trump's gonna <laughs> win. <laughs> He's absolutely gonna. No, win. it's just I, I don't. And mind. by win, I mean you know rigged. Election. Yeah, I, I don't mind a big debate field, but it's like you know it's two nights, so you know, so yeah, just like what for some reason they just kept coming back to John Delaney. I assume just because he's you know basically a conservative and they just want to gin up some sort of you know fight on stage sure, some sort of controversy sure. but it's just like there are only two, you know two viable candidates for this field yeah. and they should just run together and start now and launch a year-long attack yeah. on Donald Trump. I was surprised slash happy slash proud that apparently Elizabeth Warren spoke the, mo- the most. Yes. Uh, which is great because usually that's almost never the case for it. a lady candidate. Yes. She yeah. did. Well, and also because it was like she was very good, uh, very uh, confident, forceful, um, really presented you know her ideas well and stood up you know for her ideas. I want her to destroy Joe Biden in a debate. Oh, God. And she will. I think yes. he's really afraid to debate her. I think Joe Biden is sundowning. <laughs> he's really? Like, I think he's losing a little bit. He, I don't know if it's. Just, I don't. I, I mean, he's always been a, a, a horrible politician in the sense that he constantly puts his foot in his mouth. I don't. I, that's not fair. It was a little bit of a joke, but he. I don't. I don't think it's necessarily a question of his like mental health, uh-huh. but like he. I don't think he's prepared to do three hour long debates. I also think he think has old white energy. man syndrome, yeah. which is just anytime he's called out on his shit, he uh, becomes defensive, doubles down, never reflects on his own behavior. No. Um, he's just an enormously privileged white man. Yeah. So anytime people are like, hey, don't touch people so much, Uh he's like, oh, don't touch people so much. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) Like, just shut your fucking mouth. Yeah. Either say nothing or apologize and move on. Yeah. I I think, like, the big stories of the debate were just like, I thought Bernie and Elizabeth did great the first night. Mm -hmm. I thought they both just crushed it. And they really, like, kind of worked in tandem with each other. It was like watching, like, eight people just yell at them and them just, like, standing in a corner and just, like, screaming back at them. I do wonder if they've had a conversation yet where they're like people are coming for us at the very least i think they had to have like they have an implicit understanding that they're the close aligned on left issues Mm -hmm. and they are like the rest of the field is like trying to differentiate themselves by being more conservative i guess than that you know Mm -hmm. it's like cool people keep saying like oh we uh, oh people like their uh uh, private health insurance like no they don't don't they like you 
Who you ever spoken to who's like, I love my private insurance so much. I love paying $500 a month <laughs> for health care. It's like, yeah, I, I like paying for something that they can then deny me when I need it. Yeah, I nobody love it. loves it's the great. system. Nobody. No, they like getting treated when they're sick. That's yeah. what they like. And they think that if they think Medicare for all is like a nightmare socialist situation where they're going to have to wait like two years to see a doctor and that's not what it is no, absolutely <laughs> talk to not. anybody from any other country that's not what their healthcare no, system looks like not. um but yeah so i you know my big uh i mean at, at least in my these should all say this is all in my opinion but uh yeah and you obviously are the key demographic uh-huh, who will vote uh-huh. for a warren yep. sanders ticket uh uh kamal harris absolutely collapsed she had a well there was obviously like the hashtag was being promoted by like trump fans and maybe russian bots but uh the kamala harris destroyed or kamala destroyed yeah hashtag and all this stuff yeah yeah yeah. i mean she i mean she's not a good candidate no she's not she can't defend her record she's super vulnerable she didn't even try i mean she got she did very well in the debate a month ago the msnbc debate you know she i mean she never got any points for defending herself. She her, destroyed Joe Biden. She destroyed Joe Biden. Yeah. And so that's how she got all, all of her bump. But then when people came for her, she has no answer because no. she knows that what she did. Her like, record is, is and awful. I know people hate this, but, you know, the Kamala is a cop thing. But, like, she is. It's not even that she's a cop. She was a bad one. She was an yeah. awful, like, authoritarian, yeah. like, attorney general. Like, and, and, and the reason that she did so poorly is because Tulsi Gabbard just basically – put her on blast for her whole record yep. and said like you arrested 1500 people for marijuana you and all she had for her was we you defended Assad, which is also true and bad yeah. um but like def- you, why does she not have an answer ready for what she's been doing yeah i don't understand because that is since she announced that's been the biggest the like knock against her campaign is is her record as a prosecutor yeah. and she has not come up and and even after the debate somebody asked her about it and her defense was like oh well you know i didn't really prepare anything for tulsi because she's only like pulling at one or two percent it's like that has nothing to do with your record and you have to like you have to answer for the fact that you withheld evidence that would have exonerated a man on death row yeah you know and and she just has even she didn't she couldn't even muster up a defense of like that's my job as a prosecutor which is not a good defense, but it would have been something. It is just wild to me that this is the moment where people are like, we need a prosecutor as president. <sighs> like, really at a time when people are, like, really talking about police brutality and needing to reform the justice system and mm-hmm. maybe abolishing prisons <laughs> entirely. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but certainly, like, freeing a lot of people who are in prison right now. You want a prosecutor to be president? Well, and what's, what was so wild is that at the same time, in the same night that she just got, just had n- absolutely no answer for her record as a prosecutor, she later said, "Like we need a prosecutor to prosecute the case against Donald Trump." It's oh like, my god! You didn't even answer your what? Like, like this is so silly. And she was and just, like, "You're gonna do what? Are you what is she gonna like take him to court? Yeah, what are you it's talking like, about." So it's just like I think she really exposed that she just has nothing. Yeah, um, I wonder what she's pulling at now. Oh, I mean, goodness. I like Biden is still dominant yeah i mean yeah yeah, like uh, i that's why i say like i you know uh, i I just think like i think we we'd have a real shot if bernie and elizabeth started running together i don't care what order the ticket is in i'm not not gonna play in those games my fear is that he wouldn't be second to her 
I don't know. I I, I have no. I, I don't know anything about. I I honestly, it doesn't matter to me, and and that's a a, a position, a, a privileged one. I it, I just think that they should run together in some capacity. Co-presidents. It doesn't matter to me who's who. I mean, I, you know, I Warren Sanders, fine. It, it doesn't like mm-hmm. put her on the top. It doesn't matter to me. I just mm-hmm. think they should run together, starting now uh, against Joe Biden, win the primary, yep. and then uh, like. And then start in on Trump because that's the only you can't. I don't know why. I don't know what it's going to take for the Democratic Party to figure out that you cannot win by moderating. Yeah. I don't know what the hell it's going to take. Yeah. It maybe it just is going to take gonna the take, complete collapse yeah. of the party. It's going to take losing to Trump again and then just <laughs> being under a completely authoritarian. I just I can't imagine yeah. the thought process of oh Hillary Clinton wasn't moderate enough against Trump, so we have to go more moderate. Like let's lose again. Let's That's always the Democratic <laughs> Party's strategy. What about if we lose again? Yeah, should we lose again? <laughs> All right. Uh, so we're obviously going to go long this episode because we haven't even let's gotten do to the it. news section. Let's go long. But I also wanted to talk about uh, there was yet another mass shooting at uh, the Gilroy, California Garlic Festival. Um, A six-year-old boy was killed along with two other people. Fifteen others were injured. Uh, The annual festival is the garlic capital of the world in Northern California. They were wrapping up uh, the third and final day when a gunman opened fire with a rifle, according to police. The gunman told a bystander he was, quote-unquote, really angry. Okay? Jeez. The story really upset me because this headline was how I found out that there's a garlic festival. I, I was like, ooh. love and then garlic. <laughs> I love I, Guys, this is garlic. not the point of this story. <laughs> the point of this story is that we live in, a, we live in hell and <laughs> mass shootings are the norm now. Uh-huh. But also, whenever I read a recipe and they're like, three cloves of garlic. What I'm is like, three cloves of garlic? Mm-hmm. And I put an entire head of garlic. What is three cloves? Of, that's nothing. It's that nothing. Three cloves of garlic yeah. just gets burned up in the oil, okay? Nothing. 20 is your base. <laughs> yes. 20 cloves of gar- <laughs> garlic is your base. Uh-huh. And then you can add more if you're feeling spicy. And you know what? There's no such thing as too much. Because guess no. what? If it doesn't all get into the recipe, you got extra garlic. Yeah. You got extra little, like, crispy burned garlic. Mm-hmm. What? Yes. 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 When I saw this headline, I was like, ooh, a garlic festival. And then it was like mass shooting. Oh, Uh, no. We can't have anything nice. Okay, so (laughs) we're going to go to the garlic festival is what you determine. I I was also talking to uh, uh, Faith last night Uh. because we were uh, were looking for an afternoon treat. And uh, we were talking about cinnamon. Uh uh, Cinnamon's great. The best. I love love cinnamon. cinnamon. I I don't think this exists in real life. Uh, I think it might just be a plot point in my favorite show, Psych. But they go. They have an episode that's like a um, a uh, a spoof, if you will, a, a, a psych version of uh, Twin Peaks. Mm-hmm. But in in the psych version, they go to uh, uh, a cinnamon festival. Okay. And they have like cinnamon pie and cinnamon Ooh. stuff. And I was like, that sounds so good. I was like googling for an hour the other day, seeing if I could find a cinnamon festival. And uh, I don't think one exists. Okay, so let's go back to mass shootings. Yes. Um. Obviously, very very. Sad. I don't have anything to say beyond the fact that, like, it is so fucking depressing that this is the norm now and we just know no one's going to do anything to fix it. It's so upsetting to me that I don't, like, it go. I, I, and this is a point that gets made a lot and I cannot remember the originator of it. I don't remember who made it the first time because I would love to credit them because I think it is the most prudent point in, like, American culture. 
but I think you. Kn- I think we knew that the plot was lost when we did nothing about Sandy Hook. When like Obama was just sobbing, like yeah. crying uh-huh. about. I mean, understandably so because it was the worst thing. Yeah, that could happen. Happened, uh, and I was like, okay, this is full insanity. This ha- like something has to happen. The, you would. And think when that, that didn't happen, it was like cool. Nothing's, Nothing's ever going to happen. Yeah, I mean, if you can't respond to yeah. Sandy Hook... It was the worst thing that could have happened. It happened. Yeah. It's like, okay, we, we've officially hit rock bottom. Uh-huh. And we did nothing. We did nothing. It. Yeah, so I think, like, and it just, it is so... I don't think it gets said enough that, like, it's so worrisome to me that the conservative response to mass shooting is just like, yeah, yeah, this is just going to happen. It's sort of like, I didn't get to this story, but it's sort of like Trump with what he said about baltimore and right. how it's rat infested and elijah coming like just being so openly racist right every time he quote-unquote hits rock bottom i'm like okay now the republicans <laughs> are forced into a corner they're uh-huh. ha- they're gonna have to uniformly condemn this guy he's gone too far nothing so it's like they're never gonna do anything anytime people are like okay this will inspire a call uh, a return to sanity it's like no it's not going to happen. You can't. I, I, I think you're making a huge, not you, but I, I think yeah. like you're making a very big mistake if you are uh, uh, assuming that anything will spur conservatives to any sort of cultural or political change. Yeah. Because um, like I said, I, the conservative uh, response to mass shooting is just like, oh, uh, this is just going to happen. This it's just now happens. like It's now like when bad things happen like that, it's almost like they're like, good, we're owning the libs. Kind of. Like I they're kind of <laughs> like, like supporting mass shootings to own the libs. Yeah. Supporting racism to own the libs. <laughs> yeah. Where it's like, it makes liberals mad. So they're like, okay, it's good. Yeah, it's just like. That's yeah. their only philosophy. Yeah. They're like, the, the matter <laughs> and the more you guys are crying about dead babies and like dead, you know, like people getting shot and stuff, the more we're winning. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. wow, really? And also like, you know, their thing is just like, oh, this just happens. This is why, you know, there's nothing you can do to stop it. So you have to like arm other people to stop the mass shooters. Like, right. It doesn't just happen. You know how I know? We have other countries to compare ourselves to. Yeah, but to. they're not America, so they it's, don't count. So it's like, you know, it's like I, I know for a fact it doesn't just happen other places because it doesn't just right. happen other places. Our country is very broken <laughs> and sick. And other country, like other countries now warn their citizens not to come here because they might get shot. <laughs> yeah. That's how bad it is. Anyways, guys, that's enough of the bad. Here's your good news. <laughs> Okay, so now that I said everything's bad and nothing's going to get fixed, I do think that, so this story is from the Huffington Post, a majority of House Democrats now back impeachment, the uh, impeachment inquiry for Donald Trump, Uh, which is good because Mm -hmm. it means that Nancy Pelosi is getting more shit. (laughs) (laughs) Because obviously she is, uh, everybody always like says she's like this great politician and that just means that she's like friends with Republicans and uh, caters to them. Yeah, the amount of this, like, I think, um, not that I really have any firsthand experience, but I, I 
my feeling just based on hearing other people talk about it is that like i think people would be shocked by what happens in washington when the cameras are off and oh, how much yeah. it's they're, just like they're all at the same party they're all just getting lunch together yeah. like concert like they don't it's not a, we don't have two oppositional parties no. we do in the sense that we have like younger representatives like alexandria alexandria ocasio cortez who uh-huh. like actually is a liberal yeah, and brings yeah. it but you see how much backlash she gets from yeah, her own party. Absolutely, yeah. So anyway, uh, so I do think it's significant that more than half of the Democratic caucus now openly supports an impeachment inquiry. I think it's good that they support it. I don't think anything's going to come of it. It's not going to happen. No. Uh, I, he will not be impeached. Maybe, as Mueller suggested during his testimony, after he's out of office, there might be criminal charges brought right, because right, right. Uh, he's been so flagrant uh-huh. in his criminality. Right. I feel like he will have to contend with some of this once he gets out of I office. Hope so that's my. I I think, I think this point just, it's. I think the point gets lost a little bit. I think some people, when you say like impeachment's not going to happen, some people sort of have a reactionary take to it, which is like. Oh, you just think what he did is okay or whatever. It's like it's not that. No, it's not going to happen. It's not. No, you ha- like you, sometimes you have to contend with the political reality. It's not a matter of not wanting it or not thinking that it should happen. I would be very happy if they opened up impeachment hearings. I just there's so much of a process to go through impeachment, and it will necessarily require getting some conservatives on your side. That I just don't think it's going to happen. I also think they don't want to do it because of 2020, where they're like, let's just have a positive vision for the country right. and not get bogged down in trying to impeach the I president. Think, well, I also think, too, there's a point to that of like, that would be my point, too, is like, you're going to end up, if you, the impeachment process is a long one. I think if you are spending all of your time and energy on impeachment, you're necessarily going to be taking resources away from the campaign. And I think they also are accurately reading the moment where the Republicans don't have a vision for the country right now. They just don't have one. They have no answers. They don't have a positive vision. And I think the Democrats, they also have the advantage of not being in the White House, where Mm -hmm. they're like, we can craft a a message that is like positive and Mm -hmm. uplifting like Obama did. No details, just hope, you know? And, and... People want to be told a compelling story like that. You yeah, know? I, I think like it's just a smart political play to just devote every resource you have to the 2020 yeah. campaign. Because it's not like I said, it's not saying that Donald Trump shouldn't be impeached or or that we should, should even have the investigation. Absolutely be impeached. Yes, I mean, <laughs> if ever there was a president who needed to be impeached, right? Like this should all happen. I'm yeah. just saying that like don't you don't want to run the risk of diverting resources away from 2020 and then he doesn't get impeached and he gets reelected. Right. right. The Which sure also very likely could happen. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the surest way to get him out of office is just to win 2020. The, the impeachment's kind of a crapshoot. Again, uh, can't be said enough. It should happen. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's probably not going to. And I yeah. think if you want him out of office, the, 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 surefire way to definitely make it happen is to win 2020 right but i do think it's a positive sign for the democratic caucus for the democratic party yes and maybe a sign of that moving to the left yes that more and more democrats are like yeah we gotta fucking impeach this absolutely yeah it is a good sign that they all support it because then it's at least a sign that they're thinking correctly and moving in the right direction yes uh also in good news 
a loose coalition of privacy-minded digital rights groups and policymakers is crafting a strategy to rein in facial recognition technology in cities across the country. Ooh. This is from the Daily Beast. Uh, three cities thus far have banned government use of the technology, San Francisco, Somerville, a suburb of Boston, and now Oakland. Nice. Um, so... Obviously, I'm putting this in the good news section because facial recognition software is fucking creepy. And it's also uh, very problematic in the sense that, like uh, the rest of our society, it can be racist because software is programmed by people. Yes. And uh, there's been a trend that facial recognition software uh, confuses like people of color mm -hmm. and doesn't really accurately... Uh, scan their faces right, right, right. um so you could be id to somebody else for a crime which is uh fucking creepy and yeah bad my, yeah my feeling is sort of like the next couple decades are going to be a very turbulent time because as uh as we sort of work towards like a new ai future mm -hmm. i think you can imagine some sort of like ai utopian type society but the problem is, is that to get there, you have to go through the bad versions of the AI mm -hmm. and people are going to be increasingly relying on it because it's, you know, uh, as the technology gets cheaper, they're going to start like relying on like AI and facial recognition and stuff for stuff like policing. Well, uh, even stuff like, like uh, I have an iPhone and to unlock your phone. Right. And now it scans your face. Right. Yeah. yeah. So like the crude versions of all this technology is going to be have a lot of problems because like technology has to work out problems to get to a better place mm -hmm. so or destroy us ultimately. right exactly <laughs> yeah so like the crude versions of the technology as we start to implement them in society are going to cause lots of issues lots of issues guys so speaking of um an institution maybe finally starting to come to terms with its evil nature twitter recently suspended a conspiracy account after trump uh retweeted it so president of the United States, mm -hmm. folks, Lynn Thomas pushed conspiracy theories about Democrats harvesting kids uh, pineal glands. <laughs> then Twitter took the account down for violating its rules, which might not seem like a big deal. But uh, Twitter famously does not like to <laughs> suspend uh, accounts if they're right wing, uh -huh. if they're promoting conspiracies against Democrats. They have no problem suspending uh, liberals who are like, not. hey, conservatives, go fuck yourselves. Or mm -hmm. like, hey, that's a TOS violation. And they instantly suspend them. Right. But if you're, say, the president of the United States retweeting conspiracy theories about Democrats <laughs> harvesting organs, um, usually they don't get involved, but I think they have gotten so much shit that they're finally starting to respond to some of the shit uh -huh. that Trump is tweeting. I, okay, here's a question, and maybe this is my, I, uh, I, look, let me preface this by saying I understand that we ha are just completely through the looking glass sure. now, and we have- All the rules have gone out the window. How is it possible that two years in- Yeah. Nobody has taken away this man's damn phone. I know. How has nobody on his staff just taken away his phone? How is it possible so that anyone lets him control his own Twitter account? You know I don't like people who claim that the Trump White House is implementing any kind of sophisticated strategy. Because <laughs> I think they're all a bunch of dumbasses who yes, are just flying by the seats of their pants, uh -huh. right? However, I have started to wonder if they think the Twitter shit is like a useful distraction. 
where, because you're right, it's like, why haven't they just taken his phone away? Maybe they like that people are focusing on that stuff a I little bit more. Know, I, yeah, I'd be interested to know that. I, I don't know how much of it is. Uh, here's my thought on it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's a distraction per se, more than it is Trump's base really likes it. Sure. I think it like riles up the base, which yes. is great. But I think it's sort of a red meat thing yeah. where they're like, this is just you. It's like a useful tool for us. Well, I also think maybe it's not so much a distraction as it is. I mean, the way he got elected was through free media. Yeah. Because guess what? Everybody's talking about him all the time, even in conflicts that he has. N- like, you know, that's why, you know, as much. I, I don't know how planned it is to be a distraction so much as it is like like when AOC and Nancy Pelosi were fighting. And then Trump was just like, hmm, they're not talking about me. Yeah. So now I have to tweet something racist so that at least now they're talking Everybody about me. Everybody talks about me again. Because yeah. it's like, that's how he, that's how he got free press. That's how he got free media for, you know, the entire campaign. He didn't spend, they spent money on Facebook ads eventually, but mm-hmm. like, they spent almost no money for, which for a presidential campaign is insane. Yeah. Because he was just like, yeah, they're going to talk about me every day. My tweets, yeah. I also like... We do have to remember he's also the president and a grown Uh man. And if he wants to tweet, (laughs) like, they can't take away his phone. You know what I mean? Like, he's the president. Yeah. Like, give me my fucking phone back. (laughs) What are you doing? I'm a grown man. It's just like, there's just so much weird shit that I'm just like, how is nobody in his staff? Like, well, uh, they probably have. They probably (laughs) have been like, you know, somebody was like, sir, maybe you could (laughs) tone down what you're doing on Twitter. And he just fucking ignored them. And at that point, it's like, what can truly what can they do? I guess that's true. I just like there's so much of this, like not even like the, the outright like, you know, the racist stuff. It's just like the weird idiosyncrasies of him just like. I, it just feels like it's not like not real. Like the the way that like he's like live tweeting Fox and Friends from the official presidential Twitter account. Like what is happening? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like what? I mean, I do think it's the combination of his base loves it. It's red meat that distracts everybody, and also fundamentally, like what can they do to stop him? The only thing that I'm like, when there's spelling mistakes and stuff, and he's like using the wrong names uh-huh. for people, I'm like. Why hasn't anyone been like, hey, sir, I'll, I will tweet literally whatever you want. Let yeah. me just like <laughs> give it a once over before you yeah. actually tweet it. So nope. there's not like these embarrassing Absolutely typos not. and mm-hmm. stuff. <laughs> oh, man. I got to say the biggest winners of the Trump presidency, Fox and Friends. Oh, for sure. Uh, they for went sure. from a completely irrelevant 6 a.m. morning show to being the most power. They it's not hyperbolic to say the host of Fox and Friends, the most important people in the country right now. Yeah. Yeah, which is literally whatever they decide to cover is what the president will be tweeting about and focusing all of his attention on that day. And that's really all you need to know about America right now. <laughs> that like that tells you everything that Fox and Friends is the most important <laughs> show on television yes, in the United Jesus States. Christ. That's how bad it is. Guys, we're over. We should go. I have stuff to do today. Please follow Eric on Twitter at E-R-E-K underscore Smith. That's, that's his me. name. Um, do follow me, Allison Kilkenny, on Twitter. You can like Light Treason News on Facebook, follow us on Instagram and Twitter, all of those places. Please support us. That's the only way we are able to bring you new episodes. That's why you heard no commercials on this podcast, which is increasingly a rarer and rarer thing. Yes, very rare. Uh, yeah, thanks so much for listening. Enjoy your weekend. And while you're at it, get out there and cause a little trouble. <laughs> <laughs>